Good morning, Spring Branch. How are we today? Come on, good morning, Spring Branch. You here? June 15th, 2003. I remember it like it was just yesterday. Lindsay and I wiped the, tear, wiped the tears, tears of joy. Uh, we wiped the sleep out of our eyes because we woke up the day after our wedding day, the day after we were surrounded by family and friends, and we had great food, great time, shaking a leg on the dance floor. It was, a, it was a night to remember, and we packed our bags up, and we embarked on an exciting journey to Puerto Vallarta. Did I say that right? Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, for our honeymoon. And so we board the plane, and we have great conversation. We land in Puerto Vallarta, Viva la Mexico, uh, and we're having a great time there. We settle into our hotel. Uh, my grandma had a, a place there, so we were saving some money, right? Already, already wise as the financial provider and leader of my family. And so we're there in Puerto Vallarta having a great time. We walk to the pool, which was next to the beach. Love that combo. We walk to the pool, and all of a sudden we hear this. And Lindsay and I look, look at each other like, what, what is going on? What is this? And we get to the pool, and we realize that a senior trip was there. There were 250 graduated seniors right there at the pool interrupting our romantic honeymoon getaway. What's up with that? And so, of course, there were crazy games, which I won't specify. Uh, there were dudes throwing coconuts off balconies. It was just pandemonium, uh, beautiful chaos if you were a graduated senior, but a nightmare if you were looking to get away with your new wife to a romantic honeymoon. And um, we ended up, you know, we, we had to take a taxi uh, to the grocery store and different things. And, you know, we, we, we drove past these places uh, that were these all-inclusive hotels, right? It's like everything is right there. You don't have to get in a taxi and go to the grocery store and get food. Like, you're, you're just there and everything's like this total package deal. And I tell Lindsay, I'm like, the next time we come here, we're getting a total package deal, right? No more crazy party uh, around us. We want just a, a nice, nice, quiet, romantic time together. And so my, my question today is this. Are you experiencing the total package deal? God wants you to have the total package deal. He doesn't want us to settle for anything less, right? Some of us are, are settling for 25%. Some of us are settling for maybe 50%. God wants to give you the total package deal. Ask the person next to you, do you want the total package deal? God wants to give you the total package deal, but for some reason or another, we're try, we try to pinch pennies, we try to budget a little bit, uh, and we end up experiencing just part, not all, of who God is and what he has to offer us. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Some of us are, are making these, these mud pies, right? And we think it's everything. But God wants us to give us a holiday at the sea, right? We were meant to live for so much more. John 10, 10, Jesus says, I have come that you may have, help me out, you may have life and have it to the full, abundant life. 
But yet, for some reason, we settle for just this part, not all of what God has to offer us. He wants us to have the total package deal. And some of us are like, are like ants that, uh, that crawl into the basement after a party and we see this little crumb on the floor and we think it's just everything. We, we think we've died and gone to heaven, right? We think we have this crumb. It's like, yes, yes. But little do we know there's a whole chip somewhere, right? Little do we know there's a whole bag of chips somewhere. There's a whole truck full of chips. There's a whole factory of chips somewhere, right? In the same way, we, we're settling for a crumb some of the time, right? We come and we go to church and we serve a little bit here and there. We sprinkle God into our lives. It's comfortable, it's easy, it's secure, it's it's safe, it's predictable. But God wants us to, to have so much more. Are you experiencing the total package deal that God has for his kids, for you and I? You know, God sent messengers. He sent messengers all throughout the scriptures. Isaiah, Jeremiah. And in Matthew 3, verse 1, we find a messenger named John the Baptist. And God sends these messengers to say through a megaphone, hey, stop settling. Stop settling. I've got a total package deal that you can't resist. His name is Jesus. He's the total package. Stop settling for anything less. Chapter 3, verse 1, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. He said, repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Down to verse 5. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Confessing their sins. This is the message. This is the challenge that God has for each and every one of us. To repent to repent, that's the first step towards experiencing all that God has to offer us. Repent, repent, what does that mean, repent? It means a total 180 turn, right? You're going down 64 west and Siri tells you to turn around and so you turn around because you wanna go to the beach, right? You wanna go to the ocean front, right? Repentance is doing a 180 total about face Turn, it's changing direction, changing your mind. It's a change in your inner being that says, all right, I'm going this way, but I'm gonna turn around and go this way because this is the way that God wants me to go. That is repentance. One of the, one of the things I love about moving to a new city uh, is enjoying restaurants, all these new places to dine. And so a few weeks ago, Lindsay and I and the kids, uh, it was Friday night, so what do you do on a Friday night? You go to Taste. Any Taste fans out there? Taste fans? So we, we're driving to Taste, and my stomach's growling, and I'm just imagining what I'm going to order for dinner, and I can't wait, and we're playing some music. The windows are down. It's a beautiful day. All of a sudden, we come to a screeching halt because we're stuck in traffic. There's a bottleneck. We hear some sirens. Uh, apparently, there's an accident up ahead. And Lindsay says, hey, Heath, uh, it's just a suggestion. Take it or leave it. But I think we should turn around, you know, maybe go somewhere else. My mind was set. I was going to taste on a Friday night, live music, right? That's a place to be. And so <clears throat> a few minutes later, 15 minutes later, <laughs> Lindsay's like, hey, he, this is, you know, maybe a little bit more of a suggestion, more than a suggestion this time. <laughs> maybe we should turn around. 
Finally, I listen to my wife, happy wife, happy life, right? Uh, and so turn around, we ended up going somewhere else, ended up being better, right? I listened to this wise voice in the form of my wife, God speaking through my wife, and I turned around, did a 180, 180 turn. That's what repentance is. How many of us have had those moments, right, where you think this way is the best way, this way is the best way, I've got this. God, you coming along? God, this is, yeah, I'm, going, I'm going this way. And all of a sudden, something happens to you or you make some kind of choice and decision and, and God just kind of nudges you. He doesn't barge into our lives, but he kind, of, he kind of nudges us and says, hey, turn around, turn around. There's a better way, there's a better way. That's what repentance is. Repentance, repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, God, come on, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. God, don't, don't smite me, don't hurt me, don't strike me down with a lightning bolt. That is not, that is not repentance, right? Uh, we get some help in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. Paul says, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation, leads to life, okay? And leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Are you sorry are you sorry for your sin or are you sorry for the consequence that you're about ready to experience, right? How many of us are parents in the room? You have kids, you know, that, you know, they see the wooden spoon in your pocket. We discipline with a spoon at our house out of love, right? Uh, and, you know, my daughter will say, dad, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, all of a sudden you're sorry. Oh, interesting. So I'm sorry, dad, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Are you sorry for, for your sin? Are you sorry for what you did? or are you sorry because you don't want the consequence? Okay, there's a difference there. Worldly sorrow versus godly sorrow. Godly sorrow is, Father God, I'm so, I'm so sorry. So sorry for how I disobeyed you. I'm so sorry for just my stiff-neckedness and my stubbornness going in that direction, going 64 west, when all along you wanted me to turn around and go 64 east. I'm so sorry I disobeyed you. I've, I've dishonored you. God, please forgive me. It's this tearful, broken, and God's so attracted to our brokenness, isn't he? That contrite, meek heart that says, God, I've failed. God, I know you love me. Please forgive me, God. You're sorry for your sin. Blessed are those who mourn. That means blessed are those who cry over their sins. That is repentance. That is godly sorrow, and that leads to salvation. That leads to life. When was the last time you repented, truly repented? Not just lip service, but you backed it up with action and you turned around. What's that one area in your life, that one little space in your life that you just can't give up? God, I'll obey you in these areas over here, but this one little nook, this one little cranny over here, I just want to have dominion over this. Is that all right? But God wants you to repent. God wants you to, to surrender that to him and turn around and obey him and go the right way. That's repentance. Repentance that leads to life, to salvation that leaves no regret. I love that. Repentance. That's the first step towards experiencing all that God wants us to experience in a relationship with him. He wants us to experience the fullness of his presence. And baptism is a perfect picture of what God has accomplished through Christ. It is a perfect picture of what God has accomplished for us through Jesus. Repent, John the Baptist says, and be baptized. 
Two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. They're joined at the hip. Repent and then be baptized. What's baptism? Baptism is a public declaration of an inward confession. A public declaration of an inward confession. It's shouting through a megaphone to the world, to, the, to family, to friends, to your local church. Most importantly, to God. It's drawing a line in the sand, putting a stake in the ground and saying, God, I love you. Thank you for what you've done for me. An outward confession of an, of an inward reality. Lindsay and I married each other 15 years ago, and I've got this ring. Other part of our story, side note, is that that first day when we were at the pool on our honeymoon and there was the senior party there, uh, my ring fell off my finger and disappeared down a crack about two feet down, right? We couldn't get it. (laughs) And so we had to go buy a new one, 10 bucks right here. Well, this is worth far more to me, you know, than, than $10, This symbolizes my commitment to Lindsay for a lifetime. It's a public way to say, I'm taken. And Lindsay better keep wearing her ring. She takes it off sometimes to go work out, right? Put that ring back on. She's taken, right? We have ways in our lives that show our public commitment, our our public devotion, right? Uh, We all have favorite football teams. Football season's coming up. Excited about that. I'll wear my, my jersey that says that, that says, I'm a fan of a certain team, right? Baptism is a way to say, you know what? I'm on God's team. Baptism, public declaration of an inward confession. Repent and be baptized. Repent, be baptized. What have you repented of? How are you repenting? What do you need to give up to God? The second part of baptism, the second thing that, 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 that baptism represents is The resurrection, the resurrection. You see, something has to die first in order for something better to live. Are you with me? Something has to die first in order for something better to live. The Bible says that unless a grain, a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it just remains a single seed, right? Think about it. But if it dies... If it dies and falls into the earth, it produces many seeds. I love that picture. Who is that kernel of wheat for us? That is Jesus, right? He died, he fell into the earth so that many seeds could be produced. We are those seeds. When we receive the love that he has given us, that he offers us on the cross, his one sacrifice impacts So many people, we are here today because of what Jesus did on the cross. One seed on the cross falling into the ground for three days, rising to give life to many. Jesus on the cross, he accomplished so much. Romans 6, verse 3. This is the message version. I encourage you to read the message translation every now and then. Paul says, when we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. He just breaks it down in everyday terms. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin-miserable life. I love how he puts that. 
Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. Our greed, all of our lust, all of our pride, all of our past, present, and future sins nailed to the cross once and for all. Anybody thankful for that today? And Jesus says, it is finished. He says, it is finished. His last three words, it is finished. Stop trying to finish what, what Jesus has already finished, right? He says, it is finished. The work that God had given him was finished. Every religion says, do this, do this, do this. Is it finished? I don't know. Is my salvation finished? I don't know. So I'm going to keep doing this, keep being a good person, keep achieving some great things. Maybe I'll have salvation. Is it finished? That's exhausting. God didn't, didn't intend for us to live like that. Every religion says, do. Jesus says, done. He says, it is finished. Once and for all, our, our sins nailed to the cross. A decisive end to that sin, miserable life. Verse 8, if we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. I love that. But alive, he brings God down to us. Being a Christian is not just getting from here to there, okay? It's not just getting our golden ticket to heaven and then just living however we, we, we want to live. Being a Christian is about how we can get from what, what, is, what is there here. It's seeing heaven crash into earth every day. It's seeing, seeing resurrection happen every day. As dads, as moms, as, as, as husbands, as wives, we can see the power of God. We can see God uh, take, take what is dead, what is rotten, what, what, is, uh, what, what is old, and bring it to new life and resurrect it. Any area of your life, any sinful pattern in your life, it can be resurrected, right? There's no habit too big, too strong, too long-term for God to save, to, to rescue, to breathe new life into us. He can give us new cravings, new passions, new desires, new attitudes, a new identity. The old has gone, the new has come if you are in Christ. Our sins are buried with Jesus. And when he is resurrected, baptism is a, a perfect picture of just the water uh, symbolizing his blood shed on the cross covering our sins, offering the perfect sacrifice. Psalm 51 says, we are washed as white as snow. I heard last year we had some snow here at Virginia Beach. Snow is so white, isn't it? Man, it's white. Especially when you walk out of a dark room, it's like, whoa. He washes us as white as snow. He gives us a clean slate, fresh start, new beginning. Not because of anything we've done, but because of everything that he has done. He took the fall so we could have it all, so we could have the total package deal. Do you want it? Are you experiencing just a quarter of it, half of it? Fully surrender your life to the God who loves you. Repentance, resurrection. It's just a picture, picture of baptism, right? It's a picture of the death burial and resurrection and the renewal, the restoration, the rebirth that God offers us through Christ. Renewal, 
Renewal is that third element of baptism. Paul says in Romans 6, he says, from now on, spring branch, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. Right? The next time, next time you are tempted to keep going in the opposite direction God wants you to go in, and the devil, sin, kind of whispers in your ear, you, you just say, you know what? You're dead to me, right? You're dead to me. Sorry. I was crucified with Christ. I was buried with him, and I rose with Jesus. I, I'm dead to sin. I've been made alive to Christ. This is my new identity. Don't try to live in the land that you used to live in, right? We now live in the country of our Heavenly Father. Every day, it's a conscious choice, a conscious decision. Uh, Go on. Paul says, God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. It means you must not give You must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. I love that. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourself wholeheartedly and full time. Remember, you have been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. You've been set free to live free. You've probably heard stories of, of animals who were caged up for a while and all of a sudden they had this chance to, to step out into freedom, into the wild, and they go back to their cage. They don't know how to function. They don't know how, how to live in the freedom that they have. Guys, we've been set free. So live free. Live free from the guilt, from the shame, from the captivity of sin. And live in the joy, live in the, the, the new perspective, live in the, this, that, 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 the new purpose, new passions, new cravings. How many of you have gotten a haircut or uh, maybe a, a, a makeover, you got a, a, a new outfit, and you, you, you might say, hey, I feel like a new man. I feel, I, feel, I feel like a new person. You have that balance in your step, a little twinkle in your eye. Right? How much more? When, when we allow the God of the universe to wash over us with his love and his presence, when we experience the fullness of him every day on our knees in complete reverence and complete submission before our Father, and we accept the total package deal that he gives us, all of his presence, all of who he is, man, we feel like a new person, don't we? The old is gone, the new has come. We are in Christ. Walk in that newness. Live in that newness. You know, tonight at 6 o'clock on the beach, 40th Street, we have an opportunity uh, to, to witness some individuals take the plunge and experience the total package deal. Um, last year, uh, a, little young, a little young girl named Megan, rising fifth grader this fall at John B. Dye, there she is, she attends Awana, is excited about hiding God's word in her heart. Last year, she took the plunge. She dove in. She said, I'm all in. I love that. Just that childlike faith. We all need that, no matter how old we are. That sense of awe, that sense of wonder about who God is. And she just surrendered everything to him and got baptized. 
Shelby Rotella, last year, now a rising sophomore at Cox High School. She's attended Spring Branch since she was a little baby. She's been discipled, mentored, brought up in the faith through this community. And last year, look at the joy on her face. Isn't that awesome? Just pure excitement, pure love for God and the presence of family and friends in her church community. She shouted at the top of her lungs, I'm all in. She repented. She experienced a resurrection in her life and a sense of renewal, a sense of restoration in her heart. And she shared it with everybody. Tim. Tim was baptized as a young infant. He thought it was important to reaffirm his faith as an adult. He recommitted his life to Jesus during the Emmaus walk. It's his experience for men in the wilderness where they learn to fellowship with each other and have deeper fellowship with God. He learned what it truly meant to follow Jesus Christ, and it was on that walk that he got a glimpse of God's awesome love for him. And he said that baptism on the beach was the perfect setting to proclaim his love for God. I love that. There's Tim. And finally, John. He's an engineer, single dad of two middle schoolers. Bless his heart. He was recently diagnosed with leukemia. He attends a Thursday morning Bible study faithfully, loves God's word, leads other people to faith, volunteers in the middle school ministry, Edge. He's all in. He's all in. Spring Branch. Is baptism your next step? What is your next step? What is your next step to experience the total package deal that God is offering you in Christ? Let's pray. God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for who you are. God, thank you that every day you whisper in our ear, I love you. Jesus, thank you for your grace, your forgiveness, for finishing the work on the cross, for the privilege of being buried with you and rising with you in a resurrection. God, may we surrender everything to you. May we give everything to you. May we step in to your presence and experience a total package deal. Your son, Jesus, we pray, amen.